cameras, whoever could do that, that would be amazing. Hoi, welcome. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, Rabbi. Good evening. Okay. Good evening, folks, and welcome. All right. So this class is in honor of the neshama of Shmarya Katzen, Rabbi Shmarya Katzen, who is my daughter-in-law's uh, father and um, who was lucky enough to be able to name her baby boy last week after her father. Last week we had the bris with our dear son Mendel and his wife Shana of their newborn. And they named after Shmarya, Rabbi Shmarya Katzen, the, the grandfather of this child, who um, this class is in memory of is uh, in memory of his neshama. So we commemorate those that pass on. We have something called the Yurtzeit, which means in Yiddish, uh, a year time, that at that time of year, um, the soul goes from one level to another level, from strength to strength. And one of the ways it we uh, commemorate us, of course, on the earth side by saying Kaddish. And throughout, you know, whatever you can do for a, a departed soul in learning Torah, offering prayers, giving tzedakah, it's a beautiful thing. So the, the time of passing of an individual, we, there's a Jewish way to commemorate. But there's no parallel for celebrating posthumously someone's birthday. Our birthday, after all, is the day that God said that without you, the world can't go on. <laughs> and we do celebrate it now, but we don't do it afterwards. At least there's no official way to do it. For the yurt site there is, but not for the birthday. Now maybe many families do in some manner, you know, commemorate someone's birthday after they pass on, but that's on an established, you know, Jewish ritual. So we'll come back to that. But our Parsha, Parsha Tzitzava is, the only Parsha since Parsha Shmois, when we were introduced to Moshe Rabbeinu, that his name is not mentioned. Every single Parsha, he is not only the leader of the Jews, not only brings us out of exile, is Moshe Rabbeinu our teacher, our master, who gives us the Torah, but he's constantly there as the faithful shepherd taking care and in this parsha, his name isn't mentioned. Why? What was it? So one of the explanations that's given is that we know the story of Vimat and Torah, 
giving the Torah and 40 days later, the Jews sinned with the golden calf. And because of that, God wanted to destroy the Jewish people. Moshe Rabbeinu went to bat for the people. And he says, in this week's parsha, let us see what he shares with us. are he says and now if you forgive their sin good but if not erase me now from your book meaning the torah which you have written so uh you know this is pretty strong uh, statement that he makes on behalf of the jewish people saying i don't want to have any part of your book and now we all know the end of the story of course, the Jewish people are forgiven, and Meshur Rabbeinu is able to retain his legacy, his connection to the Torah. But the Zohar tells us that the tzaddik's words, even on condition, right, and his words were on condition that if you don't forgive the people, eradicate me from the book. So, holy, righteous people, especially a Rebbe, someone who is a leader of the Jewish people, their words are fulfilled even if they're said on condition. Meaning that indeed, his name is erased. He said, erase my name from this book. His name is erased. Where is it erased? In this week's Torah portion. In this week's Torah portion, Mesh's name is not mentioned. So Zayar says, who is greater than Moshe, who said, but if not erase me now from the, your book, which you have written, Moshe said, this is a, a good reason. And God even granted his request. And yet, he was not spared from punishment. Moshe asked for his name to be erased. And indeed, his name is not mentioned in the Parsha of Tetzaveh. But why Tetzaveh of all Torah portions? Is that a random thing or is it something specific? So the truth is, it's actually very specific. Because in this week, today is, tonight actually is the sixth of Adar. Tomorrow night will be the seventh of Adar, which is the day of Moshe Rabbeinu's passing. As Nochem Chernobler says, the parish of Tetzavah falls out in the week of the 7th of Adar, the day that Moshe passed away, and so his name is not mentioned in this particular parsha. Right. Coincides? Makes sense? All right. 7th of Adar, recorded for posterity in Jewish history. How do we know with the 7th of Adar? The Torah doesn't tell us clearly, but we see that the Jewish people, when he passed away, they were, um, they, they um, eulogized and they um, mourned for 30 days. And then after 30 days, Joshua said to the people, get ready, because in three days we're going to go and march into Israel, Canaan, the land of Canaan. And, and when did they come into the land of Canaan? Three days later, the 10th of Nisan. So do the math. You know, three day, uh, the the ten days of Nisan, and the um, 
the 23 days of um, of Adar gives us 33 days, and it was 30. So that goes back to then the seventh of Adar. That's uh, how we know this. So tradition also records the date of Moshe Rabbeinu's birth. And how do we know that Mesha was born also on the seventh of Adar, the same day that he passed away? It is stated that Mesha said to them on the day of his passing, what did he say? Uh, he says to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. The word today appears redundant. What does it imply? That Mesha turned 120 on that day. On that day, he's 120. For God sits and completes the years of the righteous from day to day and from month to month, as it is stated, uh, the number of your days I will fulfill. So on a rare occasion, it happens that someone passes away on their birthday, like Moshe Rabbeinu did, indicating a completion. As Moshe Rabbeinu being a righteous person, God gives him complete days. Now, tradition does mark the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu every year as his yard site on the 7th of Adar, and that there are various customs. What are the customs of on the day of passing? Second. Oh, there we go. So it says in the Code of Jewish Law, these are the days where tragedies occurred to our ancestors, and it's appropriate to fast on these days. On the and many other days, of course, that so we have fast days on the seventh of Adar, the day that Moshe, our teacher of blessed memory, passed away. Now, this fast is not meant for all people, it's actually righteous people and men who are part of the Jewish burial society. Sometimes they actually make this their day, um, they have special prayers and so on and so forth. Um, marking this day um, of the passing of Meshur Rabbeinu. So as I asked in the beginning of the class, you know, we see that we have ways to commemorate someone's passing, but we have no ritual celebration for Meshur Rabbeinu's birthday. And why is that? I mean, it was a very momentous occasion. As the Torah tells us, the house was filled with light. Everybody knew he was a special baby, that he would be the redeemer, as Miriam was aware. And uh, even the Egyptian sorcerers recognized that something had happened that day. They saw in their stars above that the redeemer of the Jewish people was born on that day and therefore informed Pharaoh. And that's when he made the decree to throw into the Nile, not just Jewish babies, but even Egyptian babies. So his birth was celebrated in his lifetime, but we have no annual celebration henceforth. Why is that? Well, some might say the reason we don't celebrate his birthday now is because his passing kind of cancels his birthday, right? So you have a birthday while you're alive, fine. But once you pass away, 
what's there to celebrate? The person isn't here anymore. So it kind of cancels it out. Now there's heaven reversed things by taking that person. But that's not so simple because it seems from the Talmud that it would suggest otherwise. The verse states in Talmud Megillah concerning Haman, that he cast a poor, that is, a lot. We are taught that when the lot fell on the month of Adar, Haman was jubilant. He said, the lot fell for me in the month of Moshe's passing. However, he did not know that Moshe passed away on the seventh of Adar, but he was also born on the seventh of Adar. So Haman, Harasha, the wicked Haman, cast his lots on a bad month for the Jews when tragedies befell. So it would be a bad omen for the Jewish people. And, hope, and he was hoping that the bad omen would happen again in destruction and annihilation of the Jewish people. But he didn't know that also good things happened then. Right? Many centuries earlier, on that day, Meshur Abbeinu Moses was born. So he cast his lots when? Many centuries after Moshe Rabbeinu. So it seems from the Talmud that the effect of his birth is not being erased by his passing. In fact, it has a positive effect. So much so that it mitigated the negative effect of his passing. And because of that, Haman's plot was doomed to fail because Moshe Rabbeinu is born on that day. And that's exactly what Rashi says. In the Talmud, the birth is worthy enough to wipe clean the effect of the passing. So the negative effect of its passing, his birth wipes that away and therefore brings an auspicious time for the Jewish people rather than a tragic time. So that makes us wonder even more so, why do we mark Meshur Rabbeinu's passing on the 7th of Adar? But when it comes to his birthday, I mean, we're, we're aware of it, but we don't make anything special about it. Let's go further to understand the power of a birthday, okay? Let's understand the power of a birthday. We'll begin with uh, un uh, understanding it by bringing further from the Talmud. The advent of the month of Adar, which we just started this past week, right? One increases in joy. Now, but Papa said, therefore, a Jew who has a litigation with a Gentile, with a non-Jew, should make himself available for trial in the month of Adar when the Jewish fortune is strong. So Talmud is operating on the principle that good things happen on good days. Good things happen on good days. That's a Jewish idea from the sages in the Talmud. So the month of other is good, right? We were liberated from the pearls of Haman's plot to annihilate us. This impacted not only the day of Purim, but the entire month, as it says in the book of Esther. And the month was reversed from them, from grief to joy, from mourning to festive days, to make them days of feasting and joy. 
So therefore, if you need to go to a non-Jewish court with a non-Jew, you know when is a good time? The month of Adar. Schedule it then. Now take note. What are our sages saying? Or what is actually, the, I mean, the, the, in this, this is from the book of Esther. What are we actually saying here? That the entire month is an appropriate time. But why? The miracle of Purim only happened on the 14th of Adar, in the middle of the month. So why would it be the entire month? So let's break that down a bit. Now, it's reasonable to say that, you know, it's auspicious, special time, you know, from the celebration from the 14th of other when it's Purim and afterwards maybe. But the 13th, which was certainly a challenge day because the, the Jewish people had to defend themselves against those who sought to kill the Jews. Because Ahasuerus, who was the king of Persia, he never rescinded the initial decree. All he did was make another decree that the Jewish people could defend themselves. So thousands of Persians came to destroy the Jews, to kill them. And Jews were allowed to defend themselves by decree. But still, it must have been a difficult day. So why does the Talmud insist that the entire month is a good day, is a good time? especially the 13th was a difficult day. Now, you might say the 13th was difficult on that day, but in retrospect, what happened on the 13th? We won, you know, the old saying, right? They tried to kill us, we won, let's, let's eat. <laughs> well, at the night of the 14th, at least, we can eat, not on the 13th, it's a fast day. So we won, we were spared the de terrible decree. Okay, so maybe the 13th, put it in with the 14th after the, story of pouring but how about the first 12 days how was that good for the jews i mean in the story itself there's a lot of stress and fear a tense war awaits them on the 13th so what is it about the month that it's an entire month that is a auspicious time pouring makes the entire month auspicious is that what it is? So Rashi in his commentary explains why other is a strong month for the Jewish people. And he says, these were the days of miracles for the Jewish people, Purim and Pesach, Passover. So let's understand this Rashi because it actually seems to add more questions than answer questions. So he's saying, okay, there's good fortune that extends the entire month because of Purim. But why is he adding Passover? Passover is in the following month, the month of Nisan. That's when the Exodus took place. So why would Passover be linked to what makes the month of Adar so special? So the answer to this is that The uniqueness about the month of Adar, that it is an auspicious time, it's a time of celebration. It is a time 
that if you have some difficulties with uh, with someone who isn't Jewish, that it's a auspicious or a good time for you to go to court. So the answer is that other and the link of Purim and Passover is not because of those holidays, but it, it's because it's linked to Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday, that it's on the seventh of Adar. That's what is special. Let's see from the Rebbe's teachings, the Rebbe in this week's Parsha and this week's Sicha. So he explains the following. Seventh of Adar brought about the miracles of Purim and Adar, the fact that Haman's lottery fell in Adar nullified Haman's decree for this month, which is why the miracle of Purim occurred in Adar. On the seventh of Adar, the Redeemer of Israel was born, who would ultimately liberate the Jews from Egypt. Ah, so what are we doing? By linking Purim and Pesach to Adar, Rashi isn't referring to the miracles that happen in Adar, but rather to the day that caused the miracles to happen. And what is that? The birth of Moshe Rabbeinu on the seventh of Adar. So Rashi isn't trying to tell us that Adar is good because Purim or Pesach. No, on the contrary, Purim and Pesach are associated with Adar because it's a good month. Why is it a good month? Moshe Rabbeinu was born then. In other words, long before the Jews are freed from Egypt, or the holiday of Purim, Moshe Rabbeinu is born. That day that he is born is a day of unbridled joy for the Jewish people. That day in 1253, before the Common Era, was in the seventh of Adar, it makes that month so special for the Jewish people. And history goes on to, to prove so, that Pesach and Purim are both caused by what occurred in that month. So now this explains why the 13 days are special days, even though, you know, what's it got to do with, with Purim? Purim occurred on the 14th. So why would the entire month be auspicious, propitious for the Jewish people? Because it has nothing to do with the miracle that occurred there. The miracle occurred there because of something else that happened. Moshe Rabbeinu was born that month. He preceded Purim. So it's his birth that renders the entire month, not just his birthday, not just the day that he's born, the entire month as a special time. And what's the proof? Haman, who, who, who threw a lot, right? And when did it come out, Tom? The 13th of Adar. Not on Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday or on his yard site that he thought, right? What did he think? Ah, this is the month that Moshe passed away. So this is the month that's going to be a, a good omen for their annihilation. And of course, it wasn't that way because it is a good month. Why? Because that's the day he's born. Not just a good day, because it didn't fall out on the day when he was born. It was fall, fell out on the 13th. So ever since Moshe Rabbeinu is born, 
good things happen to this in this month. Therefore, if you have bad things that you got to deal with, put it off to that month and deal with it then. Now, years later, what happened? There was a Pesach. And after that, there was a story of Purim. That increases those events, increase those wonderful miracles, increase the wonderment and the awesomeness, the specialness of the month of Adar. Is that clear? Yeah, any questions on that? Well, actually we should have a real question now and a deeper question. And what's that? Our what, original question, go first, ahead. What about the first six days of Adar? No, that, that's the power of, uh, of Maish Rabbeinu. The, that the power of his birth, how awesome it is, is the entire month. Purim happens because of him in that month. Pesach actually happens also because of him, because he's born that month. He's the Redeemer. But those two things emphasize him and his birth that is so powerful that it can transform an entire month to being a very special, unique month. Is so we celebrate his birthday. Ah, so now the question becomes even bigger. So then why are we not celebrating his birthday? His yard site, we celebrate, but his birthday, we don't celebrate. Meaning we, we, we note it, but a yard site, there is a halachic celebration. I mean, uh, not celebration, sorry, a halachic mandate that the uh, righteous, they fast that day. Those who are involved in Jewish burial society, it's also a day that they might fast and, and do different things as a result. Um, you know, uh, on behalf of the community that they you know, Jewish burial society engage in. But our, again, our question is amplified. So, okay, that's done for the yort site. What's done for the birthday? Now that it, it's such an awesome thing. We thought initially, why is the specialness of, of the month of other? Purim. No, 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 no. Purim falls out on that day. Falls out in the month because the awesomeness of Maishu Rabbeinu being born at that time. And therefore Purim is a result of Maishu Rabbeinu, not the other way around. Just as a, a novel way to look at things as the Rebbe does. Okay. So when we say that we don't celebrate Moshe Rabbeinu's birthday, you know, posthumously, doesn't mean that it loses its meaning. 
It just means that there's something about the birthday that is something that's difficult to celebrate. Let's explain. What does that mean? It's beautiful Medrash. It says the following. I believe uh, Levi offered a parable. Two ships passed each other on the high seas. One had just departed port. The other was returning to port. The departing ship had embarked with great fanfare. The returning ship was not celebrated. Right? This is a parable. A wise person observed that it should have been reversed. The departing ship should not have been celebrated because no one knows where she will dock, what challenges will find her, and what kind of storms she will encounter. The ship returning to port should have been celebrated, for we know that she departed in peace and returned from the high seas in peace. Hmm, beautiful metaphor over here. What is the metaphor? When we're born, we're born with a potential, but our story has not unfolded yet. It hasn't been written. Yes, it's an exciting time when a child is born into this world and we're happy, but let's think about it for a moment. There are many paths that this child might take. There could be a lot of good directions that this child can take, but the possibility of the opposite is also there. And we don't know what will end up with this child, right? Only time will tell. In that sense, says the wise man, it's premature to celebrate. The good is not actual and the bad is just as possible. Make sense? Right? So let's see how this played out for Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu was born as a unique soul. No doubt. That the house was lit with light. And they knew that. Yet, it didn't bring any tangible benefit even though he was very holy, a circumcised child came into this world with a holy soul. But that spirituality is intangible. It didn't express itself in any real way. So this doesn't negate the power of a birthday. On the contrary, it elevates it to a transcendent, transcendent height. In other words, a birthday is special. We have great potential, but that potential is merely that. So therefore, the birthday, in a sense, cannot be truly celebrated. So Rebbe says in the Sikha, and as much as the positive energy of the birthday transcends the earthly plane, it cannot be experienced directly and celebrated joyfully in our realm. Its power is largely concealed and it exerts its influence from a distance. 
So we grow up and we discover we have strengths, we have weaknesses and uh, many different paths, many different possibilities to go in our lives. So every year we celebrate a birthday. What are we celebrating? Our potential? No. On our birthday, we're actually to celebrate our achievements. What did I achieve this past year? What can I achieve this forthcoming year? So when we're born, we're born with a potential. When we celebrate a birthday, now what we're celebrating is the celebration of achievement and the celebration of what we would further achieve. And that's why on a birthday, you should spend time alone. As it ever writes in Hayyam Yom for his birthday on the 11th of Nisan, in the daily thought from the Rebbe, that spend time alone to contemplate the past year and the achievements that you've made in the past year. And furthermore, the resolutions that you will take upon yourself and what you will achieve in the forthcoming year. So birthday is not about our birth, right? But it's what we made out of our birth. Again, a birthday is not about, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. You know, it's not about you. It's about what you were brought here to do. And it's a time to, to celebrate the achievements and to take upon ourselves greater achievements forth, henceforth. And then finally comes the 120 of a person's life, as in Moshe Rabbeinu. And that day, it's a sad day for those who are connected to that individual because you won't be physically with them anymore. There's a cessation of what? What is the mean, the passing? A cessation of your contribution to this world to what you need to achieve in this world. Now, for the person that passes away, it could be a very awesome, special time if you've achieved what you were sent here to achieve. If you didn't fulfill it, you know, so then a lot of misgivings. But if you did fulfill what your potential was that you were given at birth and every year added potential because we grow so therefore whatever we achieved previously it only increases our potential what we can achieve henceforth right so now if that's been achieved so it's a happy day for our soul hmm that's interesting so the tzaddik uh Cohen from lublin uh, uses this idea to explain a deeper significance in the passing of Meshur Abenu on his birthday. It says the following, the day a person is born, their muzzle is fortified and they have nothing to fear at that, that day each year. How then does the Talmud say that the righteous die on their birthdays? For at Sadiq, the concept of death is a true boost for their mazel. 
for it is then that they strip off the rough clothing of the corporal body and on the spiritual rabbinic cloth to enter the upper chambers and bask in God's shechina. When a tzaddik is born, they descend into this world and reach great heights through engaging in Torah and mitzvahs, greater heights than even prior to the descent. So too on each, on the day they pass, they reach even greater heights than that, for, uh, than that, for the day of passing is greater than the day of birth. Thus they pass on their birthdays, for that is indeed the greatest boost for their mazel. So at tzaddik, a righteous person, achieves true greatness on the day they pass. Why? Because as we said, we're born with incredible potential. At least a tzaddik like Moshe Rabbeinu was born with great potential. His soul illuminated the home that he was born into. But was it realized? No, it was merely a potential. On the day of passing, the potential is fully realized. So this gives us now a different understanding of what our birthday is and what makes it special. It's not the fact that we were born. I mean, on one level it is, because that means that God is saying that we're invaluable to him. But what are we invaluable for? To go on life's journey and to have a fulfillment of what your life's journey is meant to be, what God needs us to fulfill, right? And that's what makes it so powerful that we have fulfilled the mission that we've been given. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu's birth wipes away the negative effects of passing. And that's why holy people, when they pass away, right, their holiness and everything they've accomplished comes to the fore, comes to fruition, comes complete on that day. Now, if it's on the day that you're born, in other words, the day that your muzzle is great, your potential is realized. So, wow, that's amazing. The potential that you have on that day is reflected in the, that the muzzle that we have, that we can accomplish amazing things. That's what our birth is. Passing away on that day means that we've completed fully the potential that we've been given. And that's why Rashi says, Amisha wipes away clean the negative effect of his passing. Because his birthday began a story of the potential to be realized. And by his passing, it's realized. And that's why ultimately his plot is foiled, Haman. Because Moshe, who was born in Adar, not because he was merely born in Adar, right? He's born with an amazing potential that gets actualized on his death completely. 
and therefore makes the entire month a special month for the Jewish people. So with this end, we can understand why posthumously we would not celebrate the birthday. It's relevant, the birthday, but it's not to be celebrated. Because it's not the birthday that's relevant. What's relevant is the achievement, the lifetime achievement that has been actualized from one's birth. So that's when it began, is on his birth, right? But it's not a time to celebrate. We don't know how the journey is going to go. Until it ends, then we can tell. So in our lifetime, we'll celebrate it. Why? Why will we celebrate a birthday? Because there's an achievement that we've had in the past year. And there is greater achievement that we're going to take upon ourselves for henceforth, for the next year. But after a person passes away, they can't achieve anymore. And they can't do a mitzvah. They don't have a body to do a mitzvah. They can't give charity. They can't put on tefillin. They can't struggle with their animal soul. Or even if it's a righteous person who doesn't have an animal soul, they can't do a mitzvah. So they have actualized themselves. So there's nothing to celebrate about it, right? In the sense that the, it's all been fulfilled. Therefore, the, 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 the celebration... Um, is in the potential that's realized that will be expressed in his day of passing on the yard site. Now, with that in mind, so we have like a duality over here. On the one hand, to tie it into the beginning, he said the Moshe Rabbeinu's name isn't mentioned. Right? It's a day of his yurtzeit. So on the one hand, it's a sad thing. Moshe Rabbeinu passed on. On the other hand, his achievements are reflected on that day, are complete on that day. So he is, he's there, but in a sort of like, a, I don't know what to call it, conflicting manner, because there's the loss of him, but there's the full evolvement fulfillment of his lifetime and his achievement that has so 
Maisha in name isn't there, but Maisha in spirit is there. Because his spirit lives on through his achievements. And that's what we connect to. Any questions, any comments, any thoughts? Rabbi, I thought like a Sadiq's life actually, and I don't want to say begins, but when a Sadiq dies, he's no longer encumbered by his physical body so that he can he can reach more from that spiritual stage than he can when he's alive. So, so his yeah. achievements actually it get expanded once he's no longer encumbered by his human body. Yes and no. Good point. Yes and no. He can't achieve a mitzvah anymore. But he can elicit on high for us blessings for us. But he, he, he can't do a mitzvah. So, you know, but are we still connected? Yes. Can we still receive from him that he can, you know, as we go to the Oihel of the Rebbe or right into the Rebbe, uh, get blessings? Absolutely, because he's got a better connection with the Almighty that, you know, that if we pray uh, to Hashem, we may have certain, achieve, certain things that we can elicit on high. But when we ask the Rebbe to ask on our behalf from God Almighty, he has, you know, a better connection that he can receive for us. So in that respect, yes. Can he grow in his neshama? No. He can't. Because the only way you grow is through Torah mitzvahs. That he can't have. Does he have his soul divine pleasure in Gan Eden? Not certain the Rebbe is in Gan Eden that I can't tell you because the Rebbe may still be holding out that God, until you bring Mashiach, <laughs> I don't want your Gan Eden, but whatever. I don't know what's going up there. <laughs> I only know that because of stories that, that are told of other, uh, of other tzaddikim. So, uh, you know, an assumption. But the point is, you know, having pleasure is in fulfillment of your purpose so you know for example seeking pleasure down here you don't fulfill your purpose right as lofty as it might be the the pleasure might be a, a spiritual pleasure it may not be that what that's what your your fulfillment needs to be what you need to achieve over here for argument's sake right so the fact that there's divine pleasure up there is not an achievement it's god that they're basking in the shekhinah's presence achievement can only be down here in a mitzvah so um that's the you know the distinction that's a distinction now through our achievements down here we can help our loved ones grow but they can't do it themselves. 
So every time we give tzedakah, and, you know, because uh, of a parent that passed away, or we do good because of uh, of a loved one, right? And we, and, and even more so when we are mindful of it, then we help their neshama. We're helping their neshama because they can't achieve. That's what I was going to basically ask, Rabbi, is you can do a mitzvah on their behalf. And yes. hopefully be of some comfort. Right. So, but what comes out now is that not because a birthday isn't is meaningless, it a birthday is ultimately the potential to achieve. So in our lifetime, we need to, you know, on a birthday, think about our achievements make resolution for even greater achievements henceforth. But afterwards, in the passing of the individual, whatever is achieved was achieved. So the righteous, they fulfilled what they needed to achieve. So there's nothing per se to celebrate. Now, you got to celebrate the, you know, we don't celebrate the potential, we, the achievement. Yeah, the achievement has already been made in the day of passing. It's been fully revealed. So posthumously, there's nothing more to celebrate about more possible achievement. Right? That doesn't mean we don't, you know, aren't mindful of a loved one that passed away on their birthday in order that maybe that will be an inspiration for us to do something for them. That we achieve more in order that their soul can go to greater heights. So that is absolutely. If someone has left substantial memory, uh, achieved something spiritually that's passed along, like Rambam, for example, uh, that's something that's always there. It may, I don't know what to make of it beyond that it is a way that they could in the future present themselves to others in a world they have not lived in. I, I yep. just, I'm trying to understand uh, if there's no growth, but there's still what they've done that has led to well, what is. Very good, very good. Their growth, there is growth because we're studying Rambam. Not because they're doing something today. Not because they're doing, because we're studying Rambam. That's, that's great, righteous people. Right, Moshe Rabbeinu is still growing because we study Chumash. <laughs> we mention his name. We're we're talking about him and and about and we're learning from him. So yes, his neshama is growing, but not because of what he's doing today, what we're doing for him today. Davida and Liba have a question. Liba, go ahead. Yes, Baba, I had a quick question because um, our brother passed away one week before his birthday and our mother passed away one week after her birthday. So does this apply to someone who isn't righteous, someone who's, I consider them the Baini in training, so does that apply to them too? I mean, on some level it applies to every soul because, you know, Every soul has got a righteousness to it. So there is something, but you know, um, 
okay. we, we be careful not to get caught up on on how we should perceive our loved ones and their you know their 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 connection uh, you know is it you know did they did they get this did they get that uh, you know i for sure can't tell you you know i don't know um but but it's important that we should not not kind of get caught up in that because what's what we should get caught up is that we should do a mitzvah for them you know that's it and you know i don't think anything more because to me right after their birthday they passed away right before their birthday i don't know i'm sure it means something i'm not saying it doesn't mean something i'm sure it does but I don't want to make a, a, a suggestion when I don't know. And I don't want to make that the emphasis because what was the emphasis over here? Not even got, get caught up on a birthday, you know, celebrate it's my birthday. You know, so it's all very self-absorbed to, you know, celebrate it's my birthday. So, you know, I'm celebrating. No, it's your birthday at time that's, you know, that you've been given a potential to fulfill, a mission to accomplish. And, you know, uh, it's, actually, it's kind of like a very awesome, serious day, if anything. I mean, celebrate it with, you know, with joy that you're going to accomplish even more the next year, you know, and so on and so forth. Thank you, Liba. Davida, did you have something? Oh, yes, Rabbi Fine. I was just wondering, like, most of us are not on a level of Moshe. And if we can't <laughs> accomplish such great things, I mean, I, how does that affect us? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're like the, the small guys trying to do the big stuff. and So we learned that today in Tanya, right? Two types of right. divine pleasure, two types of food. There's sweet foods that are sweet the sweet soul of, of the righteous and then there's the bitter sour uh you know foods that need to be seasoned so we need to season we need to season ourselves we need to fix ourselves so that's a divine pleasure that god has so you know you're right we're not uh we're not Mishra B. No, it's not about comparison it's not about a comparison not at all that, that that's very important don't make the comparison just you know i have what i have been given as a potential to fulfill and i gotta work on that and i, I shouldn't look at another person and what their potential is whether they fulfill didn't fulfill you know uh, I, I just gotta look at myself if anything look at another that oh i'm sure they fulfilled <laughs> and me i gotta look you know more you know uh, demanding of myself be easy on others and demand of yourself. Not in a way that it's going to make you feel guilty. Not in a way that's going to make you, feel, you know, downtrodden. On the contrary, they have a great potential that you could be that you could fulfill. That's it. That's Was there a midrash about that? Well, no. There's a story of Rabzusha. Shusha goes up to heaven. Yeah, yeah it's not a medrash. It's because uh, yeah. it, it's it's from uh, 200 years ago, and Rabzusha said, "When I pass away." And they asked me the question, why weren't you like Moshe Rabbeinu? 
I'll tell him because I'm not Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> I don't have a soul of his. Why weren't you like uh, other great righteous and great people? Because I'm not them. But when they asked me the question, why weren't you like Rav Zusha could have been? For that, I, I need to answer. That I need to answer. That's each and every one of us. So uh, don't get downtrodden about it. Don't get like, you know, uh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? Where am I going? Because remember, we learned two weeks ago of Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai, right? He was too busy fulfilling his mission that he didn't have time to think about, consider where he's at. So we should just be, just go from one mitzvah to the next. Just go from one good thing to the next. Don't allow yourself to get things. Oh my gosh, oh, you know, just do, 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 do. And uh, don't worry, don't worry. Be happy, it's the month of Adar, we have to be full of joy. <laughs> All right, folks, I gotta run over here. Amazing. Thank you, thank you. God bless you all. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Rabbi. Thank you, everyone. It's two weeks of other we have, so we got a lot of joy to have, a lot of joy. Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. Oh, Celia, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had a question. I want to ask you a question. Go ahead. Go ahead. So it's going back to the text right in the beginning. Moshe Rabbeinu, he was 120 20 years old but he could no longer come in and go out. Rabbi Fine, what does that mean? I, he could no longer go in or come out. To, I meant to serve the people. Is that to his prophecy? No, no, I meant, no it meant go well, partially a prophecy. He, uh, prophecy, he could no longer go out and come in, meaning to go out to the people and to take care of their needs. Hmm. He was no longer, it, it, the day has come that the, uh, mantle of leadership is passed on to Yeshua, to Joshua. I can't go out and come in, in other words, to be the faithful shepherd of the Jewish people. That mantle of leadership is now passed on to Yeshua. Does it have anything to do with the fact that he could no longer go, no longer stop, uh, no, no longer be prophetic? Because he could no longer go out and be human in the same way, because he lost. Well, he also the prophecy also was, uh, uh, yeah, in a sense. But it doesn't mean in a physical sense that he couldn't, because it says that he passed away with his eyes. You know, usually a person passed away there. You know, yes. his eyes were 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 complete. They weren't like uh, as someone you know when the time is coming. Right. It didn't happen. He, he didn't lose the, the, the uh, what's the word? Visibility. No. Yeah. It's a different kind of passing. We don't know. <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right, folks. Thank you. A good Chaydish. A good And all good things. Thank you all for joining. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.